you guys drink a bit, and it's a long trip to Edinburgh on this train. You stop a couple of times at small little stations. During this time, I want each of you to have a small session with Gabriella. Oh. And I want you guys to go ahead and, Gabriella, you're going to be giving them as best of a psychiatric care as you can. I take out my little notebook. I Normally I'm wearing like um, like a big coat and I have like kind of driving goggles, but I'm down to the, the blouse and, and long skirt and I have my little notebook out. This is widely considered not the general way to do things, but I find that it's better that we actually have a discussion about this and clear away any remaining neuroses before we move forward. If anything, it'll fortify us in our dreams should we be attacked in the same way again. And it's nice to hear or be listened to by another human being, if that's okay. We're going to start with Finley. Alright. Finley, you start your conversation with Gabriella. Finley, what part of your backstory do you want to go over right now? We can go with your significant person, a meaningful location, treasured possession. We'll go over a meaningful location. Grave of a loved one. Is this Shoshana? Well, this can't be Shoshana's grave. No. So, his grandmother, she made a grave for his grandpa. They, she already assumed that he was dead, but Finley went off thinking, no, he's still alive. The date is 1931. Finley, you are with your grandmother as she has dug this empty grave just to bury possessions of Deckard. It's been a, it's been a long time since you've seen this person. And as Gabrielle is taking you through this memory of yours, your grandmother starts uh, speaking to you, just as she did, and you feel almost as if you drift away from reality for a moment to this place, this meaningful location, and you're reliving this memory. Your grandfather was always a bit of a kook, even back when we started seeing each other. Nana, Oma. I know all your stories, and yes, I know Opa. He was a very strange man, but I... I still miss him. And I know he's still alive out there. Well, at least one of us does. Good riddance if he's dead. <laughs> Good for nothing. <laughs> Ghost hunter. And she starts sniffling, and you see tears kind of rolling down her eyes. You know she doesn't mean what she says. Finley just, he hugs his, he hugs his grandmother tightly. I'm going to go out, and I'm going to find him. I just promise that you'll send letters home every now and again. Of course, of course. Especially if I encounter some... It's not like it's going to be like one of Grandfather's adventures. It's not like I'll find some talking mice or something. <laughs> Little did he know. Yeah, no, it's <laughs> cut out of the memory for a second. That is deeply ironic. This is honestly psychoanalyst hat off for just a moment. You really said talking mice? Yes. There mm. was a story from my from my opa from 
well, as you know, Deckard, he, he told me a story once how he encountered what he believed was a talking goat. You know, I don't think he ever told me that one. Uh, you, you know, uh, I, I really don't think you'd want to hear that one. That, that one just got weird. It's not terrifying, it's just weird. I'm sorry to hear it. But that was, that was Opa. Your grandmother goes ahead and pats you on the shoulder. I need to go ahead and head inside now. Now you can stay out here as long as you need. Of course, of course, Nana. As you turn around in this memory, she's gone. And you're just at the grave by yourself. As you see a fog roll in, and Gabriella, you see him just zone out for a moment and he comes back but in that one moment all of this happens you're standing at your grandfather's grave you're starting to pile in dirt over some objects that your grandmother found sentimental when the fog rolls in and you see this tree creature standing before you and you know it's what murdered your grandfather and the rage builds within you what would you like to do Finley wouldn't think he just lashes out at the tree okay you lash out at the tree how are you gonna do it I, I mean in all honesty this is just at a point like a child having a massive temper tantrum he just picks up whatever he has and he just starts bashing it against the tree okay so you're gonna be doing um brawl with with the shovel. Excellent. All right, you lunge at it with the shovel and you miss, and it just kind of bats you to the side. You don't take any damage, but uh, you go rolling over. How would you like to continue this fight with it? You know what, Finley wants to keep fighting with it, but it's all in vain. I'm just a human. I'm just a man. He digs his hands into the dirt and he just screams, just pounding on the ground. And he just screams back at the tree. I know you're not a tree and I'll have my revenge. I'll have you suffer worse than even Dante imagined the Inferno was. Romy, intelligence. Happily. Oof. The tree bashes you again, and this time you take two damage. Finley takes that blow. He, yeah, I imagine he, he he's like he's coughing up some blood. You're just a coward. That's all you are. Roll another intelligence. Forty-two. You're starting to process what's really going on here, and you're fighting through a lot of this pain and hurt that you're feeling as you're coming to terms with the fact that your grandfather wasn't necessarily actually crazy. That something was real, that this that this tree thing that Gabrielle has told you about really did kill Deckard. But it wasn't here. It wasn't here at this day. It wasn't at this grave. It was somewhere far, far away. Somewhere where his body will never be recovered. As the creature comes towards you, you just feel this instinct to kneel down and accept the blow. 
as it deals 10 hit points to you and kills you. But as this happens, you wake back up and your your hit points go back up to the 12 that you were at. Roger, roger. And before you is Gabriella, and you feel a little bit more confident in yourself after this event you've accepted. Yeah, my grandfather did die. That wasn't my fault. Shoshana did die. Maybe. I don't know. It wasn't my fault. I can't control these things. And you gain 20 sanity. Woo! <laughs> puts me back to... Oh, wow. That puts me at 38 ah! sanity. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Nice. After Finley, Freddy. You ready? So Gabriella, you, you kind of sign off with Finley. Go ahead and roll me a psychology. Either psychology or psychoanalysis. Got it. All right. Did pretty good. Okay, Freddy. You go ahead and you sit down with Gabriella. She starts talking to you about um, what she does for a living and how she's just genuinely trying to help you even though this might be a little unethical. And of course, you don't have to share anything you don't want to. I, I think comparatively, I have some sort of familial connection to everyone, but with you as the exception. So I am still a relative stranger to you. You don't have to feel like it's a necessity to open up, but it might be helpful. Freddie will reach into their back pocket and pull out a deck of cards and start shuffling it and deal five to Gabrielle and then put five in front of her. Might as well just make it like playing poker, mate. Oh. That is unexpected, but I'll take your challenge. I regrettably have gambling as one of my vices. Then I crack my knuckles. <laughs> That's funny because uh, so does Freddy. <laughs> Freddy just grins wickedly yeah. and she just chuckles. I've learned you find more about people in poker game than you do sitting and bullshitting. Uh, yeah, then but then you run into the mixed feelings of, oh, I've taken all your money. I can't trust you as another human being. Can't run my business that way. You guys decide not to put any money on it. <laughs> and this leads Gabriella to ask, what what you got? You started playing cards. Oh. Take me back to that day, Freddy. Yeah, so Freddy was about 15, 16 at the time, and this was about the time when Delvin Goldstein found them trying to run a small little pickpocket gang and saw in Freddy, because he was an old school forger, he was like, I see your intelligence, kid. You can do better than this. Yeah, he's the one who taught Freddy how to be a forger, and part of her training was, you're going to learn how to have a poker face, kid. Alright, and as you're talking about this while playing the game, you zone out and you're back there. You're playing poker for the first time under uh, Goldstein, and you're running one of one of the tables at a um, speakeasy that he owns. That's unfair? Yeah, that'd be about right. And this woman sits across from you. She looks like a dilettante, wealthy to no end. Red hat, red dress, heels. Sits down at your table. 
Only one that you've had tonight. None of the uh, regulars seem to trust you yet. Well, are you going to deal them, or are you just going to sit there? Sorry. Got me heart stopping with how stunning you are. She'll deal out the cards. You really are a charmer. As she looks at her hand, and you know it's a it's a king and a uh, ace. You're trying to get her to stay in. Now what's your name? Most call me Freddy. It's nice to meet you, Freddy. I'll uh, stay. And she goes ahead and puts in um, a few chips. Freddy will nod and do the same. What about your name, love? My name? Gina. The hand stops that's putting the chips in and looks. <laughs> is it the same woman from the other layer? Yes. And this isn't how you remember this. this something's changed. It wasn't. Her name wasn't Gina. But you, for the life of you, you can't remember her name whatsoever. Are you going to keep dealing? Yeah. Yeah, sorry. Had a bit of rain glass there, um, sure, and she'll deal out another hand. Alright. Roll sleight of hand. Alright. Mm, you know what? Uh, yeah, I'll spend the ten to make it okay. a success. You do, and she doesn't seem to notice that you have put out cards that work in her favor on purpose. You're just going off of what Goldstein has trained you to do. You're just trying to bait them, keep them in, get some of their money and then send them off to another table. I think, uh, I'll race. Alright. She'll also follow suit with racing. I have no idea how to play poker, by the way, but I think that's what you do. What you do is, um, she raises, you call, and then uh, goes back around. So you you go ahead and you start dealing out some more cards. Are you going to try and uh, slide it again, or are you going to um, just deal as is? She'll try again, yeah. Mm-hmm. Do I spend the 16? Nah, I won't spend the 16, that's a little too costly. Yeah. She sees it. You notice that she notices it. And she's... She plays it out. Oh, you blame me. I like having a pretty girl on the table. Is that all I am to you? A pretty face? You want to be more? suppose I could show you more. And she goes ahead and takes the pot as uh, she reveals. You knew it was rigged from the beginning. You knew exactly what she had. You knew it was going to be played. Why don't we play a real one? No cheating. No nothing. Just straight luck. Alright. Make a fair and she'll reach behind her where I'm assuming they probably keep decks and bring out a fresh one that's never been opened. And shuffle it. Alright. And deal. You start dealing. Okay. You have no idea what's in her hands for the first time since you've been playing. You have no idea what's about to be played out, and you feel a little nervous here. Okay, well. Ante in. I'll play this hand out. You do the same. Go ahead and roll me luck. A six versus 63, so that is an extreme success. As you play out this game... It's not really going in my favor. Oh, maybe that's a straight? Oh, yes, it is a straight. And through a glass that's being brought around, you see the reflection onto her cards. 
and you see that she's been bluffing this whole time. She has a two and an ace. You decide to go all in. You bet the whole pot. She goes all in as well with $10,000. All right, love. Cool. And she'll lay out the flush, or the straight, sorry. You have a straight. She just can't believe it. I thought I had you. Well, you gotta give me a chance to win it all back, right? Well, suppose I could, if... You do like having a pretty girl at your table now, don't you? Oh, I do. I even like walking with a pretty girl sometimes. How about this? You give me my 10,000 back, or you bet my 10,000. I'll bet you a date. Damn. And you, uh, you pass the cards to her for her to deal. She deals them out. You don't sense any sleight of hand. Would you like to do spot hidden to see? Sure, I will roll a spot hidden. Oof, yeah, no. At an 89, I do not see anything. Oh, no. you, you think that you see her pull something. You're just not sure. It just happens so fast. But she deals. The cards come out. You have two aces. Wasn't that lucky. And it goes out, and you see ace... Ace, five, two, ten. You have four of a kind. High as an ace. She looks at you. You feeling lucky still? Can always just fold. <laughs> no, I think pretty lucky. All right. And she places out a five and a two. It's not the best hand ever, but the chips fall where the chips fall. And you place down the two aces. And the memory ends. You did have a date with a very pretty girl that night. It wasn't Gina, though. In fact, with that money that you won, that's how you opened your uh, shop. You gain uh, 20 sanity. Woo! And then um, go ahead and roll psychology again, or psychoanalysis again. Gabriela? Uh, unfortunately, I do not succeed. I was too distracted with the game, given my propensities. Yeah, I was going to make you roll with a penalty die for the uh, yeah. gambling. <laughs> no, you got me. You got me there. So you're not going to be able to add the other D10. Next up, we got Lizzie. Lizzie, who is currently very pissed off with her brother. You sit down in front of Gabriella. Gabriella, you give your spiel one more time. Again, this is this is pretty unethical, but at the same time, you guys have been through a lot. You want to use your skills to help. And if during that time we commiserate about how particularly frustrating your brother might be, you know, we'll just file it under my notes. Oh, you have no idea. I didn't grow up with him, so unlikely. All right. Listen, you've been seeking to prove yourself to this guy all your life. Your father always favored him. Mm-hmm. You had some shared experiences as well, where it was just... You started to see the depravity in your father. So you got started feeling more and more controlled by Greenwheel. 
I don't think Lizzie actually saw that. She hadn't seen him oh, since yeah. no, before no, no. all that stuff happened. So okay. she doesn't know. Ignore what I just said, because I'm crazy. <laughs> we all are. It's fine. Tell me about the Romanian job. Uh, the Romanian job. It was supposed to be simple. I mean, a lot of the difficult part was just getting there in time for the event where she was going to be um, retrieving the item she was sent to retrieve, and everything was going well. She had it. She was about to get it out, and she ran into a mark from a previous job who recognized her. Oh, that certainly seems like it went poorly then. Yes, I was able to at least get rid of the thing that I wasn't supposed to have. So I wasn't going to be stuck in prison for a long time. But remaining in prisons are terrible, and I had gotten an invitation to dinner with Father. So I had to get creative to get out and was not able to make it back in time. Came home and everything I ever knew was ashes. Right. Not me, actually. We didn't start that fire. In case that was ever relevant to you. It was at one point, but I've gotten I've gotten over that. Better I clear things up now, just in case. Now I think I have someone else to blame. And she'll show the letter that is written in some kind of cipher. He's been working with them. He's also been part of a society that I joined to get more entrenched in the occult. I suppose I should let, I let you all know kind of partially, but I joined the Twilight Shadow, thinking it would be a, a solid way in, so to speak, with some of the stressors and frustrations I've been dealing with currently, but... As you're starting to talk about the Twilight Shadow and the shared person in your history, the last time that you saw Wesley, Gabriella, he was talking about this occult item called the Wand of Alzara. You mentioned this to Lizzie, and Lizzie, you just kind of drop everything and you're back in Romania. Mm-hmm. You were sent by your brother to get the Wand of Alzara. Did I know it was him that sent me? Not entirely. You had your suspicions that, like, oh, my brother wants this, but you were also trying to prove yourself with Gwyn at this point. Yeah. You wanted to show that you're able to do these things. So, alright, well, I'm gonna steal this from a museum. As you guys go in, it's nighttime, and you're walking up to the museum. You hop the wall and you get into the um, main courtyard that leads up to this, uh, this wonderful building. It's absolutely beautiful. It looks like it was once a mansion in a past time that's been converted into a museum of artifacts that are home to Romania. Except for this Wand of Alzara that's been on tour for a while through the Middle East. And now it's here. This is your perfect time to steal it. Because mm -hmm. if you if you don't t today, 
tomorrow it's off to China. A little bit harder to um, break it and blend in there. Romania's tricky enough as it is. Now, you guys are sneaking through the museum. There's a few guards around. Go ahead and roll me a stealth. See how long it took her to get caught? I'm spending two luck to make that a success. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> how did it go? That Romania job sounded very short. <laughs> Damn, it went sideways that quick. <laughs> no, I'm I'm spending two luck points to make that a success. <laughs> As you turn the corner, you see a guard right there. Oh. And you hold your breath. You put up your hands quietly to Gwyn, and she stops. You both stop. You step quietly backwards. Luckily, the guard was asleep on his feet. <laughs> that was close. You see him leaning against the uh, wall there. Yeah, kind of. Wait until I... Sure, and then if I have if we have to go past him, do so carefully. If there's another way around, we're taking the other way around. You find another way around. And you get to the exhibit. Unhindered. No one really cares too too much about this exhibit. You see the glass case. You see this wooden piece of someone's history. You don't know who. You were just told to grab it. You take the uh, glass off. You take it and you replace it with a stick you found outside. Easiest job of your life. Guard was asleep. Other guards were... I don't know. And here you are. With the wand of Alzara in your hands. And you get out of the building. And you get onto the streets. And as you get onto the streets. You see him. Walking. With some military officers. Looks like they were having a good night. They're at the bars. You see an old mark. One that got away. Mm-hmm. What do you do? I... Try and do the thing where I realize... I look like I realize I'm going in the wrong direction on the street. And turn around and start going the other way. It's like, oh, I got turned around. I need to go this way kind of motion. As you do, Gwen's just like, but we gotta go that way. Wait, like, that's, that's the way that we have to get there soon to drop it off. Need to go another way but get spotted. By who, the drunks? Someone who knows me. Old job. Oh, shit. Okay. Go over a couple streets. Should be fine. Okay. What do you say? You guys turn the corner. And there you see a hooded figure standing before you. But this wasn't there in the real thing. Who was on that street was your mark. What was his name? His name was James. You see James standing in front of you. But it's not James. It's a hooded figure with James's face. I know you. Yeah, you're the one. Guards! I think you have me confused with someone else. I've, I have apparently a very common, very easily mistaken face. And he looks at the wand in hand. 
Hey, that doesn't belong to you. That's supposed to be on exhibit. Friend is very very talented artist, likes to make little replicas. It's a gift for a little kid. And you see the guards coming around the corner. Go ahead and roll. Can I try and slide of hand it to Gwen? Or is Gwen just gone? You turn and Gwen's gone. Oh no. Gwen has abandoned you. Of course. Classic. Fair. That's fair. What would you like to do? Do you want to stay and talk, or are you going to take off? Do I have a clear shot of somewhere I could disappear? Yeah, you could run back down the street and try and lose them. Yeah, she, she's going to try and do some kind of a distraction and just book it away. Okay. What would you say to roll for that one? I could just do dexterity. Yeah. Yeah, dexterity. Ooh. Mm, yeah, okay. that's that's where they catch me. That's 72. They take off after you, and you dodge through a couple other streets into another place, and you see James, but not James standing in front of you. And these vines are reaching out from the ground at you, grabbing you, pulling you by your arms and by your legs. This isn't how it went. What's going on? This isn't what happened. This isn't what happened. And Gabriella, you start to notice that she's, as she's telling the story, she's starting to cry. As she's starting to, it doesn't look like she's here. Roll me that psychoanalysis. Yeah, no, I, I'm gonna try to do something about that at least. Ah, I will, I will, I will push for this. This is, <laughs> this is worth pushing for. What are you gonna do to uh, push? I'm going to go back to things that I dislike, like hypnosis, and try to do anything that would, like, break a hypnosis thing. And it's, like, a skill I learned, but it's not how I like to do therapy, so I'm not... I'm trying it, and I'm rusty, so to speak. Okay. Like, it's not my favorite technique. Sounds good. Roll. Okay. Oof. Success. Ooh. You start doing your hypnosis, uh, the suggestive... Unless you want to pull out a uh, pocket watch. Uh, yeah, no, I'm... I'm I'm just moving my hand back and forth, and then as soon as I get just a flicker of movement where the eyes are following, I do a very loud clap. Okay. Lizzie, you, you break out of this event, and you're on that street alone, and you, you hear the guards chasing after you again. She just keeps running and tries to find a place where... Somewhere she could drop the wand off, because I think she has a feeling Gwen is probably still watching. So even if she can't get it back, maybe Gwen can. Okay. So find a place to kind of like throw over or be out of sight so the people after her might not notice. Okay, go ahead and roll dexterity again. Extreme success. You managed to find a spot. Some stones in a wall that are loose and you hide the wand in that, and you just decide, well, I'm going to come back and get this another time. And as you're turning the corner, you see Gwyn is walking with the guards, and James pays her off, and she takes off down the street. Just me reaction out of that bitch. Disappear back around the corner, try... She, she's just going to keep trying to disappear and escape. Just, nope. Find the nearest church and hide there. You find the nearest church, you hide there, and the day passes, and you hear from the priest that the guards are still looking for you the next day. 
But today you're supposed to be on a plane back to England with the wand so that you can also make a meeting with your father. And you've gotten away. Things didn't happen exactly how they happened, but you do get 10 sanity points. Hey, I'm almost full. So, Gabriella. Yeah. As you've been going through this, you, you go to bed that night. You guys get back to your train car and you just kind of stare out the window and think to yourself, man, these people have been through a lot. So have I. Yeah. Maybe I should think about that a little bit. Hmm. Gabriella. Yes. What are you really thinking about right now? More than anything, I'm still scared of the sheriff. Okay. Specifically because it called to mind something dark and very scary that I'm still kind of portioning away in terms of my memories. And I don't... Oh, gosh. I shouldn't have said anything. (laughs) Continue speaking? I'm sorry? No, I was just... I was going to say, I don't know if she's, like, trying to peel away the memories in general and like open them up but more so just recognizing that anybody who gives off that vibe is dangerous and should be treated as such okay as you fall asleep you're taken to a place that you had almost forgotten completely that dark realm that you had entered and you see atop big ben the creature staring down at you victoria and deckard We had a deal. I gave you a deal. Do I remember the deal? It's not coming to mind right now. It's... It's... Just... You're not sure. If we did, then why take my memories? Because your brain's feeble. They cannot hold those memories. I am older than your world. All this, I'm supposed to be working for you, and you still send your little puppets to try to stop us. Why? Because a god should test his heroes, shouldn't he? You're something, but I don't think you're god. You have your gun in your hand. You look down at it, and you level it at the eye. Gods don't bleed. Not like you did. You think you'll hit again? Only has to hit once. And then you're standing in f- you're standing high noon in the middle of Kansas on a dirt road in the middle of a town with the sheriff before you. Well, you did get excited about it, didn't you? Went through all the trouble of building yourself this little setup. So you're going to outshoot me now? I don't have to try all that hard. But you know you ain't gonna outshoot me. I may have bled once, I will not bleed again. I always hated westerns. Draw. Roll handgun. Yeah, oh! Ooh. Wait, wait, this goes way harder than I thought it was going to. That's awesome. Oh boy. Yeah! Yes! Nice. <laughs> Bang. The shot goes through the middle of the sheriff's skull and drops him dead. You're back in front of Big Ben with this creature 
staring down at you. Its eye closed for once. And you see this ooze, this bluish-green ooze dripping from the closed eye. And you see the writhing of the tendrils, these black, inky, almost squid-like tendrils unwrapping itself from Big Ben and start reaching in the general direction that you're standing, but you know it's blind and you know you can run, you know you can get away. I can't work your deal if I'm not allowed to remember it. So until I do, I'll use everything in my feeble mortal body to stop you. Go ahead and roll intellect real quick. Ah! Okay. Nothing changes, but you wake up from this nightmare. Your gun is on your holster. But you feel better. You realize that you just outshot something. Just gotta go for the hat trick and get the third one. (laughs) You regain 20 sanity. And you can't psychoanalyze yourself on this one. No, no, why would I? I'm not touching that with a with a ten foot pole. <laughs> so, but you have sure. you have significantly helped your friends. Sure have. Mm-hmm. You guys have fallen asleep at this point. Uh, Gabriella wakes up in the middle of the night. Finley, you you were just kind of staring out the car when Gabriella wakes up, and you notice it. She shrugs it off and just kind of goes back to sleep. Bad dream. The next morning, you wake up, and you're in Scotland. And a few hours later, Edinburgh. You guys are getting off the train. We finally made off the train. Yeah! <laughs> it's so exciting! Yeah. Hooray. Oh, I'm, I'm so deeply thrilled to be off of this train. Well, you're not off yet. We did it. No! I want to get off Mr. Bones' wild ride. As you get off, the doors open, and standing before you is a very well-dressed man. His hat is down, and he looks up. And Charlene, you notice it first. Hello, sister. Ah, and that's where we're gonna no. end. Oh, we're gonna no. we're gonna beat the crap out of this little goober. Ah, I wanna I wanna punch him, motherfucker. How breakable is this man's nose? I need <laughs> enterprising minds need to know. How breakable is his nose? <laughs> You have been listening to Beyond the Crumbling Veil, a Call of Cthulhu 70 actual play podcast by Styx Helix Productions, as part of Pseudonym Social, a creative podcast network changing reality one story at a time. If you're enjoying this show, please consider leaving us a review on iTunes or Podchaser or wherever you're listening to help other people find this lovely spooky tale. Beyond the Crumbling Veil is DM'd by John Bowman of Styx Helix Productions, with Brian as Finley Jaeger Lazarus, Ian Ramos as Gabriella Slaughter, Fennec Coxfire as Frederica Newman, and Brianna Jean as Charlene Elizabeth Amesley. The show is also produced by Brianna Jean. If you don't want to wait to find out what happens next, You can get early access to our episodes by joining our Patreon at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial. You can also find out more information about our other shows at pseudonymsocial.com and support our various productions.